Hi guys, James Wilson Taylor here for Rock Sound with another edition of the Rock Sound podcast, the place where you can listen to all our latest interviews and catch up on a few you might have missed from the past year. Uh, today, it's my conversation with Tom DeLong. We know the new Angels and Airwaves album is on the way later this year. The band have just dropped their brand new single, Euphoria, that follows other recent singles like All That's Left Is Love and Kiss and Tell. This is a conversation we had last April, just as this new era for the band was getting together. And Tom talks a little bit about writing that brand new album. He really believes this is the best music he has ever written. We get a real insight into that. We also talk a little bit about the possibility of something around that boxcar racer anniversary that's coming up next year. Uh, And he talks about putting together the live shows he got to do. Remember when live shows were a thing? Angels and Airwaves hit the road on a massive, massive tour back in 2019. Uh, And he even included a lovely little acoustic medley in there where he played some Blink-182 songs again for the first time in ages. Talk a little bit about that too. It's a really, really great conversation. And as ever, you can watch the video of this channel over on the Rock Sound YouTube channel. Just go and search for our video call playlist and hit subscribe. Right, here he is talking all things Angels and Airwaves. This is Tom DeLong. Tom's on the line now. How are you, man? I'm good. How's it going? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm starting all these off. Just want to check. You're okay. You're keeping safe. You're keeping well where you are. How are things in, in this weird, weird time we're in? Yeah, uh... We're doing good here in San Diego. It's not very bad. Los Angeles, which is just two hours north, is uh, a lot worse. I've had a few friends that have gotten the virus. They've all been okay. Uh, one person, you know, got it way worse. Another per- friend of mine didn't even have a fever. So it's kind of crazy to see the differences of people. But in San Diego, it's not, it's not so bad. So we're okay. Thanks for that's asking. That's good to hear, man. Good to hear. Very, very positive. Um, and I guess that's the thing we kind of, it's been a recurring theme with lots of people, you know, everyone's having to adapt how they're doing things, particularly in this industry. But what kind of keeps carrying on is actually the releasing of music. You're putting stuff out again. It's fantastic to hear. Let's talk about the single, first of all, because again, raising money for a very good cause at the minute. Talk to me about how you came up with All That's Left Is Love. Uh, yeah, thank you for asking. So w- I've been working on the new Angels and Airways record for over a year now, and uh, we we have almost all of it done. Uh, we're in our kind of our final tracking sessions now. Um, all that was needed on this song uh, was just to do the vocal pass on it, and I decided at the last minute that I would just change the words uh, to do something that was that I believed, and I I kind of noticed that. You know, I, I'm exposed to a lot of science at my company at To The Stars. And uh, I've been exposed to a lot of really interesting things with consciousness and, um, you know, uh, mind over matter kind of stuff, you know, where what you think and what you what you do with your mind, whether through meditation or whether just through how you carry yourself throughout the day, you can affect all matter around you. And when I noticed the world kind of going into a lot of anxiety and fear, I kind of made me nervous because I know that that actually does affect things group or mass consciousness on, on focusing on a specific kind of feeling can really affect the world. Um, it goes back to like the legends of native Americans doing rain dancing, you know, they all get together and they all get in these ritualistic kind of mindsets and then it actually works. So I just thought, you know, what we do best with angels and airways was, is, uh, you know, messages of hope and positivity has been something that we've done since day one and that came out of uh, a segment of the of the punk scene there the hardcore scene had a lot of positivity in it and it always like seeped into me and i wanted to, to you know i wanted to do that with this band but right now 
I kind of looked at all these things and I was like, you know what, this might be a perfect time to put out something that makes people feel something, feel better, uh, feel a little bit more connected. Um, it's not going to change the world putting out one song, but I think if every artist does their part, it can have an effect. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think again, that's been a recurring theme in all these conversations we've been having with people. There's never been a more important time to be putting out music, I think. I mean, even, even from the basic level of keeping us entertained when we're all stuck like this, man, but we can bring better messages as well. That's a lovely, lovely thing to have. And, uh, and with that song in particular, you know, like you say, that fits in with the themes and there's definitely reasons to be putting out that particular track now. I wanted to ask you more broadly, you know, obviously that band had been away for quite some time. Why did you feel like now was the right time to return to Angels and Airwaves as a project as a whole? It's a good question. I mean, I spent the past seven years um, building my company to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, where it was really difficult. It's a lot of national security policy and um, defense contracts and entertainment, um, you know, endeavors to communicate these large themes that are, are uh, pretty out there for some people. But, you know, us and our friends in the U.S. government we're ready to start having some of these conversations, but everything I was dealing with were, was extraordinarily difficult, either you know, brushing up against things that are very classified or discussing things that will scare a lot of people or you know, really trying to convince the powers that be in, in DC uh, and different intelligence agencies that this, that this conversation needs to happen. And, and, th- and right after we got all that off the ground and it started to move, I also went through a divorce um, and for anybody that goes through a divorce, it's a pretty large <laughs> event in your life. It's, it's devastating. Uh, it's painful, but it's also a rebirth. And so I kind of found myself doing all this stuff that was really difficult with the company and then having this kind of personal spiritual rebirth. And it just made perfect sense to go and express myself and do something uh, you know, they always say that if you're really depressed or you're going through a hard time, one of the best things you can do to lift yourself up is to go help other people. Well, for me, you know, it's because you're, if you do good, you know, if you do something that helps somebody else, it'll lift your own kind of heart. And uh, for me, going out and doing Angels and Airways would definitely lift mine, you know, because the whole thing's about hope and love and this and that. So I thought I would just go out and do it just because it's time for me to do something that was very true to my own DNA as a musician. And uh, it just kind of caught me by surprise. Like the, the tour was crazy. Like still nationally, almost, not all of them, but almost all the shows sold out in like 11 or 12 minutes. And it was the most electrifying experience I've had. God, in like 10, 15 years playing music. Um, so I just said, holy shit, this is so much easier than what I've been doing and so much more organic to who I am, I think it's time to come back and, 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 uh, and do it in a way that's very authentic and genuine to who I am. Not, you know, not trying to posture and look cool and act angry. And, you know, it's just, just be me, you know, kind of very comfortable in my own skin these days, I guess is, is what is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's very noticeable as well, because particularly it's, there's, there's almost a, an, an ease to some of the new songs, like just coming out, it, it does just feel like such a natural fit, almost like you never went away with that particular project. That's how I feel anyway, particularly on a song like Kiss and Tell is my favorite you put out so far. Absolutely brilliant song. And again, just oh, thank you. such a kind of quintessential Angels and Airwaves song that I think in many ways, it's like on the poppier end of what you do, but just fit naturally, like you'd never been away. Talk to me about putting that song together in particular. Well, that song was interesting. I, you know, it's funny. The beginning of that song, if people took a chance to go listen to it, um, 
you know, it's it's got a lot of it's got a multiple quad tracks of kind of a choir vocals that are bouncing up and down with with the synthesizer uh, arpeggiation that's building. But I'm not trying to get scientific on you with music, but in any case, it really stemmed from my love of the Beach Boys, where you know you listen to a lot of the old Pet Sounds type stuff, where it's just cascading voices all over the place, and I kind of wanted to. Um, I wanted to do something that sounded a little bit more in that world, at least where the song started. And then it would go off into kind of a new version of what we've always done, which is kind of, you know, a more progressive punk rock um, kind of architecture. Now we're not playing like fast punk, like the way I used to, uh, except actually there is a song that on the new angels record, potentially if we, if we keep it on there, it's like the fastest punk song I've ever written. So let's say, you know, angels might have some of that stuff on there, but, uh, uh, but in essence with kiss and tell, it was really like, how do we do something that has different textures? It's very progressive. It blends electronics and it blends big rock guitars. Um, but it sounds like there's little moments of Radiohead in there or something, you know? And, uh, and I, I think it came out pretty well. I'm so happy you like it. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh, no, it's amazing, man. I mean, it's, it's been really fascinating to see. I, I guess each of the tracks that's come out so far are quite radically different. And I guess that does kind of pose the question with the album when that eventually comes. Um, is it going to be that diverse? I mean, you've always played with lots of different sounds in this band, but it sounds like particularly if there's going to be some harder punk stuff on there as well, are we talking a real diverse mix on this particular record? Yeah, we really, we are, you know, Angels and Airwaves to me was always like, how do I take my favorite elements from my favorite bands? You know, it's like stuff from Depeche Mode and The Cure and The Descendants and, you know, uh, on and on. I mean, I, I, I love all the new wave stuff. I love all the punk rock stuff. And uh, but when you, let's say if you put on a song from The Cure, like Just Like Heaven, then you put on an old kind of U2 song from like, you know, New Year's Day or one of their old ones. And then you take a Ramon song and, and, you know, they're all very different, but, but, you know, they, they all kind of come from the same world in some respect. And, you know, that's, so I was kind of like, well, it's kind of like a greatest hits record of all my favorite bands. It's kind of all, all I, I try to always achieve, but with this particular album, God, it's, it's just been so easy and organic to write some of arguably, I think some of the best stuff I've ever written. And I, I, I've been telling people this for a while. Like I, I really think this is going to be the best record I've ever done. Um, but there's, you know, and I understand there's not a lot of people that might know who Angels and Airwaves is, or maybe they think that, you know, Blink was like the best I've, thing I've done in my life. And I totally get it. And that's fair for people to like that and want that. And they grew up with that. Um, but what I find is as you get older, you know, there's very few bands that grew and did things to where you like what they do now more than what they did when they were younger, when they popped, you know, um, it's really hard to find a band that does that. Um, I'm just in a different situation where I don't really have any boundaries around me, you know? And I think my melodic sensibility is usually, um, is usually pretty digestible for people. <laughs> yes, like, I, uh, but I think, that, I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking out loud as you ask me this question, but I, I'll tell you this, the, the record is crazy. There's a song on there that's like the Who, there's a song on there that sounds like the fastest stuff Blink ever did. There's songs on there. There's one we just worked on yesterday that sounded like um, straight off an old Depeche Mode album. I mean, it's so cool. It's so diverse, you know, and uh, that's the kind of band that I've always wanted to be in. Yeah, that's really cool to hear, man. It's cool to hear you excited and kind of revved up for it. And, and I guess you, you know, you you mentioned before about the tour, which uh, you know, just from even watching footage online of those US shows, 
you can tell like that audience connection came straight back. The crowds were so up for it. Talk to me about getting back on stage in front of those crowds again. Well, it's funny when I started Angels and Airways, I remember that I, it was a big identity crisis. And as an artist and as a human being, you know, leaving a, one of the bigger rock bands in the world. I mean, I went through like kind of a whirlwind of, of wondering who I was and, and who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go with my art and, and kind of my life path. So I, I remember starting Angels and Airways and not, not really being very secure in it because I was still trying to figure out who I was. And so I kind of, I just really wanted people to kind of not think of all the, 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 the funny, humorous side, side of me. I wanted them to work with me and challenge me to be a, a better artist. And I think I, at the time, I, I took it too seriously. You know, like I, I abandoned a large part of me that people knew of me with, in Blink, which was fun and rebellion and all this different stuff. Well, now, after we did that tour, I found myself just so, like I said earlier, like just way more comfortable in my own skin. So all the dick jokes and all the, the ri ridiculous humor came back. So now you have these big epic songs and you have like this whole aspirational message and you have a strong connection with the audience and it's its own form of church, if you will, you know, but intermixed in that, I was finally being myself for the first time in a long time on stage. So there would be like this full 20 minute section in the middle of the show with me and an acoustic guitar, just that's the worst humor ever. It, it's just totally dumb and fun. And, and I would be laughing a few times. I've made myself laugh so hard. I was crying on stage because I couldn't stop laughing, you know? So you kind of, now it's kind of, it's like the, it's the totality of who I am, you know? So I, I couldn't have, I couldn't be in a better place to be honest, musically at least. That's great to hear, man. And like you say as well, that particular, that acoustic medley, it was really nice to see you be able to give a nod to your past in that way. And, and you know, obviously across your career, you had quite a breadth of stuff you could have picked, whether that's Blink or Boxcar Racer to drop in in that medley. I just wonder why did you end up, because it was a, I miss you, there is, and Aeons Exist, right? That was the, the three you kind of generally were throwing in there. Yeah. Why did you uh, kind of settle on, on those ones you wanted to revisit again? Well, it, it's kind of like what's easy to do and what's something that is noticeable, what's something kind of relevant. The Aliens Exist song was interesting because um, I don't think I was doing it in the beginning of the tour, but during the tour, uh, you know, the U.S. Navy came out and mentioned uh, that UFOs were real and they mentioned my name. They were saying the videos that Tom DeLonge brought out um, were real and those are real UFOs. and and we're watching these things and paying attention to these things. So basically, here I am on tour, um, and the U.S. Navy comes out and acknowledges that that unidentified flying objects are, are very real. You know, it's the first time in history, and they're doing it with my name in the same sentence. So I kind of took that, and the day that that happened, um, I decided to throw in Aliens Exist, and uh, uh, the rest is history. And it was just like the perfect moment ever, you know? <laughs> Yeah, really, really nice moment that in, in the show as a whole. Really kind of worked with him. And, and obviously, you know, you know, you're in a room of fans of your work. They're going to know your work intricately. It's like going through all the acts. Uh, you know the Blink stuff's going to go down well. What's so nice is seeing the reaction, even when you've posted recently on socials about Boxcar Racer and stuff like that. You know, how do you feel looking back on those songs now as well? Because now that you're revisiting Angels, there's been a lot of an outcry. I'm sure you've seen people wanting you to revisit Boxcar Racer as well. Do you feel like, how do you look back on those songs now? Oh, I, I love it. I, I, you know, it's funny. A lot of things that Angels and Airwaves has done that people w wouldn't really know unless they did a deep dive on the albums is that there's a lot of 
boxcar racer in it, you know, which was these big dynamics and these kind of heavier parts and, and, um, you know, stuff that's a little bit more emotional than what they would have known uh, of what I would have done in the blink blink era. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I love the boxcar stuff. Travis and I, to this day, still talk about doing boxcar all the time. And, and, uh, maybe there's something that exists that already that that would be really cool for that band you know but i will not get into that here well that's interesting though that's a nice little hint we'll save that for another time perhaps we'll save that for another time but uh but i will say this what is kind of coming next for you we know the angels record is going to be on the way at some point do you know do you have kind of time length on that i mean obviously schedules are kind of up in the air for everybody at the minute i understand that yeah the record's like all but done so we 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 should be done with it in the next like three or four weeks and then we'll just be mixing for a few weeks. And then, uh, and then as far as when it comes out and how it comes out, um, it's hard with the virus. Uh, so I think my best guess is that we're going to start to see things coming out in the summertime. The album drops in the fall, maybe singles and videos. And then the album drops somewhere in the early mid fall and then the tours go on sale and then we'll be back, um, touring the world and including the UK everywhere else uh starting in spring like every other band it's going to be hard because every band is going to be like tour <laughs> you know yeah yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's going to be packed we'll but uh but you know like like I'm sure you are as well we're all just dying to get back in these venues man you must be absolutely desperate to get back on the road and play these new songs you know it's so funny it's kind of like we've been in so many uh clubs our whole life we're just like oh god another club that smells and it's dark and dungy and sweaty and then all of a sudden now we can't go at all we're like we really want to get back in there you know yeah well i wouldn't give for like sticky floors and stale beer smells right now dude like, i know it's that, that's what i'm saying i mean and, and the angels stuff is such a cool show i mean the lighting is just intense the the, the whole atmosphere the way people feel and what they're trying to come there for is so spiritual you know it's just rad and and uh people didn't all get it when i first started the band but i think now that they've grown up a little bit they totally get it now and i think um if, if it's any, anybody's like myself you find it addicting to be around something that's uplifting and edgy and in your face you know and and um you know whoever said having you know uh having a spiritual awareness of yourself in your own life path who says that can't be um totally you know who says that can't be cool you know like that was my whole thing like what's cool about acting like you hate your parents and you hate everything and you're pissed and you're so tough and i fist fight there's nothing cool about that you, you're like a child you know but um but if you're secure in yourself and you want to help other people and you want to do good things and you want to like you know you want to do good on the planet I, I think that is cool i don't think it's something that would have been easily talked about as much uh, when we were younger, when I was younger, certain bands did it in the 80s and stuff, but you kind of put them in a different category. You're like, okay, well, they're just preaching and who the fuck cares, you know? But I think there's a, a time for all artists to move into this place to where, you know, you can help, you can help the, you can help the world move forward, you know, and, uh, and become a better version of itself. And that's what I think our artists can do best. Yeah, I think especially at times like this, we shouldn't be afraid of sincerity. You know what I mean? As a British person, that's very difficult, but we should not be afraid of being sincere and open in that way. It's lovely to hear, man. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Now that we're in lockdown and everything, I know lots of artists have been trying new tech, new ways. You know, obviously we're experimenting with things like this to kind of communicate while everyone's stuck at home. Have you thought, I know you're a big tech guy, have you thought about any ways to be reaching out to the fans in a, in a new way while we're all at home? 
I thought that what would make most sense is to do something that's different than most people. I want to go door to door and kiss everyone on the mouth and just see if that is a different way to connect with the fans. I just figured it'd be different. Not many people doing it right now. Just a new, new way of doing it. That's weird. Not many people are doing it right now. I can't just think not. why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unique position you're in, man, for sure. Uh, Tom, it's a real pleasure to chat to you, man. Can't wait for more new music and stay safe and look after yourself, all right? Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for the kind words. And I really appreciate uh, the fact that you knew a bit about my career and, and, uh, and uh, you dug, you did a little bit of a dive or you're a fan of it in some aspect. But I, I do appreciate that and I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you again to Tom for that conversation. And if you want to watch the video, you can catch it right now on the Brock Sound YouTube channel. Just go and search for our video call playlist. Loads of amazing conversations up on there. And make sure you hit subscribe to the Rock Sound podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for loads more amazing new interviews coming soon. And we'll be back very soon with a brand new episode of the podcast. So until then, I've been James Wilson-Taylor, and thank you for listening.